Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, hi everybody, and welcome to episode two of my podcast. I have taken a little bit of time getting this one together because I have been dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life. A lot of new issues have come up, and it's just been wild. I, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to go into it right now, but it's, it's been a lot for me to handle, and I've, I've had a hard time even waking up in the morning, so I'm happy to be here, and I'm excited to be talking about self-care. The topic of self-care is a tough one. When I was married, my self-care routine consisted of okay, well, I'm going to sneak and get in the bathtub for as long as I can until the kids come pounding on the door. And my husband always, every single time, was texting me like, hey, when are you going to be done? When are you going to get out? And it was very, very rarely relaxing. And it always seemed to make me feel worse because I was annoyed at my kids because they always needed me. I could never get time alone. I was annoyed at my husband because he wouldn't help me out and he wouldn't do the things that he needed to do to give me uninterrupted time. I think that a lot of moms can, especially moms of young children like I have, you you can emphasize, em- emphasize <laughs> with me. You know what I'm talking about. It just feels like when your children are young, they always need you. You're always running. You don't have a minute to yourselves. It really feels like that. As a woman, as a woman, we are expected to put everyone before ourselves, especially as a mom. It's just kind of an unspoken rule. Like, as a mom, you take care of your kids before you take care of yourself. Of course, you're raising tiny humans. You have to, like, make sure they live. But when it feels like taking time to go shopping by yourself feels selfish and spending money on a new skincare product that you want, it feels wrong because there's things you could be buying for your kids. It's like a constant tug of war between taking care of yourself and time away from your family is selfish. And something I always have to remind myself is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. You can't pour from an empty cup. The first time I heard it, I was blown away (laughs) that I hadn't thought about it like that before. I can't fill my children's cup if I have nothing left to give. It is very rare that someone is filling our cups for us, especially single mothers. Sorry. (laughs) So looking at it this way, it is more selfish to not fill our cups because we can't give our children what they need. We can't give not even just our children, the people around us, our jobs, the people we interact with. We can't give all of that, the things that we need to give if we don't have it in ourselves, if we're not taking care of ourselves. So there's no reason to feel guilty about taking care of yourselves, especially your basic needs. You know how often you hear young mothers say, Oh, well, it's been a week since I showered, or I don't, I never brush my hair. <laughs> That's me on every level. Like, you just, your basic needs get pushed to the side. People, moms don't even make themselves actual plates of food. 
Like they sit and eat their children's leftovers. And if you don't take anything from your episode, please let it be this. Take a shower, wash your face, make your own plate of food, give yourselves the essential things that you need to survive, take care of yourselves. It is your responsibility to your family, your people around you, to yourself, to yourself, to give yourself the things that you need to survive and thrive. Another thing that I have to remind myself is what can I say no to so that I can say yes to something else? For example, I can say no to folding the laundry right now so that I can cuddle my baby while he's taking a nap, which is so important, so important to me. Like, laundry will always be there, but my baby is not going to want to cuddle me forever. He's not going to take naps forever. What can I say no to so that I can say yes to something else? I can say no to going out to dinner with friends so that I can get my kids to sleep early and binge my own Netflix show, like going out with people with three kids by myself gives me anxiety. I stress out. So I can say no to going out with people just for my own mental health. I can say no to that to say yes to putting myself first. I don't want to have to suffer and make my life harder than it should be just to please somebody else. These are kind of lame examples, but I hope you kind of get the picture. Find little things that you can say no to, to say yes to other things, to take care of yourself, to put yourself first, yourself and your family. My next tip is to create boundaries. I'm not going to go too deep into this one because I'm going to do a whole episode on this topic. It's super, super important. And it's so critical to your mental health to create healthy boundaries. So, yeah, I'm not going to get into it, but just remember that creating boundaries for yourself, for other people, important. Do it. If you don't know how, we'll talk about it later. Okay, another thing that's important to your mental health, and it is also included in self-care, is meditation and mindfulness. I used to just roll my eyes at the thought of meditation. Like, sounds like some hippie stuff. Like, I'm not about to take my yoga mat and go sit on a cliff and go, hmm. You know, it's like, like pop culture has kind of turned meditation into something that it's not. It's over-exaggerated it. And I just, so I never wanted to try it because of that. And I never, oh, excuse me. I never tried it out until I was admitted to the psychiatric ward. Mindfulness and meditation were things that they taught and we practiced daily. It was on par with taking your medication and going to therapy. So I never realized how important it actually is until I was in the hospital. And that was one of the main things that they tried to drive home with us. And meditation can be so easy. I do it when I'm trying to fall asleep, generally. I should do it more often, but that's just when I have time to. I get a meditation app on my phone. 
and you just turn it on and you lay there and listen and think about it. Like just, just allow yourself to be open to what meditation is. And something else that I learned because I always thought meditation means you've got to sit still and you've got to, you've got to sit there with your eyes closed and like, that just sounds horrible to me. Like I've got to be moving and I've, it's, I just am not a still kind of person. But in the hospital, something that they taught us to do is to listen to your body cues. So if you're laying there listening to your meditation and you feel like you need to roll over onto your stomach, roll over onto your stomach. If you feel like you need to stand up, stand up. Meditation and mindfulness go hand in hand to where you are paying attention to what your body wants and needs. So instead of forcing yourself to sit still through a meditation, be mindful of what your body is asking for. Sit up, open your eyes. Like it, there's no hard and fast rules to meditation. Just being mindful, being present in the moment and doing what your body wants or needs you to do. Very eye-opening to me to learn that because it makes it so much easier for me to want to do meditation. Okay, my next, we're going to move on, my next point is find activities that uplift you and that do not numb you, especially when you're going through a hard time. The past few years for me have not been mentally easy, obviously, <laughs> but it has it has made it so that I just want to find activities that are easy for me to turn off my brain and just sit there and veg out, like binge watch a new show on Netflix. And <clears throat> I'm tired of thinking and I'm tired of feeling. And so that was what I would go to. I thought I was caring for myself by shutting off those things, by shutting off my, my thoughts and my feelings. But that only elevates them later on. So it's not being kind to yourself and it's not good for your mental health to just do mind numbing activities. Learn a new skill, read a self-help book, meditate, journal, go on a hike. All of these different ideas are activities that can uplift you and not numb you. So pay attention to that when you are trying to make yourself a self-care plan, find activities for self-care, don't numb your feelings, don't numb your thoughts. They might not be comfortable, it might be difficult, but numbing those things only makes it worse later on. I promise. <laughs> okay, now we're getting to my favorite part, the most realistic part for me. Bubble baths and pedicures are great ideas, but as a single mom who works more than full-time, it is not on my list of priorities. I have, my, my day is stacked, and I just literally cannot schedule it in. I cannot schedule an hour to myself. I can't, it's just not 
it's not there. I would rather give that time to my children because they only have me. You, you know what I'm saying. It's just not always possible. So, one of the things I've learned is to take care of yourself and show yourself love the same way that you would your daughter or somebody else, like your mother. That sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds weird. But, okay, think about how do you wash your daughter's hair? How do you wash a baby's hair? You don't you don't rush. You're careful to make sure that it all gets washed and they feel safe and they feel loved. You don't want them to feel unsafe in a bathtub full of water. You make sure that they don't get soap in their eyes. You touch their hair gently. You touch their head gently. Like you, you take very good and careful care of them while making sure that they get the cleanliness that they need. Okay, now think about how do you wash your hair? Some of you don't even wash your hair. Let's be honest. We don't shower because we put ourselves to the side. Think about how do you, how do you put the soap in your hair? Do you rush it? Do you make sure that you're actually cleaning your hair? Are you careful to touch your hair and your scalp kindly? It sounds weird. I get it. But just just go with me for a minute. Imagine if you started washing your hair the way that you wash your baby's hair or your daughter's hair. It doesn't seem like it would make a big difference, but you're telling yourself that you're worthy of that kind of love that you have for your baby. You're telling yourself that your body deserves that kindness. How do you put how do you put lotion on your baby? versus on yourself and what about feeding (laughs) like there's getting dressed all these different things you could think about how do I do that for somebody that I love how would I do that for somebody that I love versus how do you do it for yourself and I guarantee you do not treat yourself with the same level of kindness and respect as you do your daughter or you would your mother or somebody else that you love you deserve to be treated with kindness. Your body deserves to feel respected. Even, especially, if you're the only person that does it for yourself. You have to pay attention to how you interact with yourself, how you talk yourself to yourself, how you love yourself. Like, when you when you get dressed for the day, do you rush? Do you... this might be just me because I'm kind of (laughs) kind of dumb but like half the time when I'm putting my pants on like I scratch my legs or something stupid like I I don't slow down enough to treat myself respectfully like we deserve it especially as moms this is something that does not take any extra time it doesn't cost anything and it it will make a world of difference. It has in my life, at least. I've started paying attention to how I interact with myself, how I do things for myself, because we're doing things for ourselves all day long, constantly. We are taking care of ourselves. How are we doing that? (laughs) So I'm going to challenge everybody this week. Consciously think about how you interact with yourself, 
how you treat yourself and start to change it. When you find yourself having negative thoughts about yourself, notice it. Like, tell yourself, that's not the truth. Like, that's an opinion. It's a wrong opinion. Because would you say those things to your daughter? Would you say the things that you say to yourself to your best friend? I don't think so. So, just consciously think about how you deal with yourself. How you talk to yourself. How you touch yourself. How you do things for yourself. And tell yourself that you're worth better. You deserve more. And try and make it, try and change that. And I want to know how it goes for you. So send me a message and tell me about it. Tell me about the kind of things that you noticed you were, that were problem areas for you. Tell me about what you did to change them and how it went. And I would love to share those stories next week. If you guys do it, message me, let me know. I can't wait to hear if it makes as big of a difference for you as it has for me. Because I know how important it is to take care of yourself. I haven't taken my care. I haven't taken care of myself for the past eight years. It's always been me putting my ex-husband and my children before myself. And now that I don't have time to to treat myself, pamper myself, it has made the biggest difference. Just loving myself consciously. So tell me about how that goes for you. That's it. That's all I got for you today. I, (laughs) okay, I know that everybody is dying to to hear about my divorce and my marriage and all of that good stuff. So I'm going to do every other episode. So next week's episode will be about my marriage. And then the next episode will be about a topic like this and so on and so forth. So we'll, I don't want to give you guys all of the juicy details in one like in the beginning of my podcast because you got to keep coming back so next week we're going to talk about my marriage not my divorce but my marriage keep in mind I found out that my now ex-husband is gay about a year and a half into our marriage and we were married for eight years so I'm going to talk about what it was like being married to somebody who is gay and knowing about it for years and years and what that does to you mentally and yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be a good one so I would love it if you would subscribe to my podcast give me five stars even though I am not five stars yet one day I will be but but right now I'm just struggle bus tell your friends I would love it And let me know if there's a topic that you want me to cover. And thanks for listening. I love you all. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.